guys welcome back we are episode 11 and guys we do have an absolute treat for you guys right now uh we got our good friend here roger rojas roger rojas thank you for coming on the show this is an absolute pleasure and an absolute honor thank you for coming on the show man oh thank you guys so much for having me i'm excited to uh chat it up and to see both of you guys, you know, I've been watching both of you crushing it, doing your own thing with fitness, and now both being managers at Noble, um, <laughs> you know, that, that's pretty epic, and, you know, I'm just excited to have a chance to tell my story and also catch up with you guys. I know you're very uh, well-known out there on the social media, but uh, hopefully we can catch another side of the crowd that uh, hasn't heard from you. Uh, it's going to be a little hard to believe that, but um, we're going to get to know you a little bit and, you know, talk a little bit about sneakers. <laughs> Let's do it. All right, Roger. Um, we just like to start out like, so what has been your greatest lesson you've learned working in the fitness space? For me, I've been so fortunate enough to work with so many different people, right? Um, when I started my personal journey as being a global creative director, um, I was fortunate enough to start in a small 5,000 square foot fitness facility uh, 30 minutes north of New York City. And as the gym was opening, I was working alongside trainers who were just starting. And so I was able to see the journey of quote unquote, the startup, right. Of knowing, you know, the beginning, the basis of like how to get your brand awareness out there, you know, how to be consistent on social platforms. Something I like to talk about is social real estate. One of my mentors said it and it's so true. It's just having exposure across all brands. So you never know where that tension's coming from and going through those motions to then growing with athletes and, fitness, you know, as people, I guess, fitness stars or people that, you know, you recognize when you see on social media, um, to helping curate like YouTube videos and things like that. It has taught me so much about being resilient and being consistent, um, through matter where you are, what you're doing and whatever stage of fitness that you're in. Um, that has been the greatest lesson for me, uh, time and time again. And I'm so thankful to have both experiences, um, because that's what I believe that has been my greatest success, I guess, of knowing what it means to start and then working with an individual who's in the business a while and knowing what to expect or, you know, the, the environment, you know, they're very big on um, the people that are closest to them. And that means what? That means if the camera guys has shot like two YouTube videos and one Instagram video, he's never edited something like that on the spot, they're looking for feedback, you know, they're looking um, how to change it, you know, what did they do wrong, how they can they improve. And with my story of just starting from that small gym to working with all these different people, um, it's taught me to be really, really present and also see that ultimately, you know, we're all humans and the idea is that we're all, they're all trying to provide the same thing, a great service that'll change people's lives. But it's through the content of the delivery of how people take it in. It's it's really cool because I, I you know we met through uh, Frank at, at Transform Fitness that that one day yeah. and it's just to see where you I couldn't believe like that's where you started first of all <laughs> and to see where you are yeah. now it's like it's such a a humbling and such an experience looking from through the social media side to see where you come from man and that that's awesome man I'm I'm very Thank proud. You, man. There's so it's I'm thankful for it because. When I was coming out of college, you know, I had no experience. I, I, I didn't even, I wasn't even sure about myself of what I wanted to do. 
And I was lucky enough where I had a mentor of Frankie where he believed in me. And ultimately what he did, he created a platform. And my platform was his gym that he co-owned. And in a way, at the time, I was so, I wouldn't say pressured, but more so um, that he had a high expectancy of me. BC always spoke well of me. So I I always knew I had to deliver. I always knew that if he connected me with someone that I would have to show up early, leave later. And it's those little things where at the beginning, when I was watching him do it through the fitness facility that I later learned that those were the greatest lessons that no one could ever pay for. Those are the things that you you can't learn in a course, you know, those are the moments of having those human interactions, you know, where I would be editing behind the desk and there at the beginning, there wasn't a front desk. So I became that person (laughs) at moments and I had, you know, it's customer service It's you know, delivering, you know, giving people answers, right. Having that human interaction. That's so important. So I'm just so thankful for him and having that, beginning you know and him and i are so close i talk to him every day that's that's him. awesome you guys are still yeah. talking to him today um before we move on to like into that other question i just want to take one step back because i want to i want the viewers to know um who you are like who is roger Roja, uh, rojas if somebody was to say <laughs> who is it <laughs> yeah because um, we know who you are. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, you guys are hyping me up. Yeah, I feel like you know, the hype up is real right here. But I appreciate that. But ultimately, you know, I'm someone. Um, I was born and raised in Miami, Florida. Um, Hispanic background, Cuban, Colombian. You know, migrant parents, and I was lucky enough to attend a private Catholic high school that later transitioned into the same. You know, it's ran by a congregation of Christian brothers. And I was then able to go to New York and get my bachelor's degree in business management at Iona College in New Rochelle, New York, 30 minutes north of New York City. I know exactly uh, during where that, that is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> during that time of attending Iona, I had no idea what I was going to do. Zero. Um, and I want people to know that because that's okay and that's normal. Most people that go into college don't know what they're going to do. And most people, when they graduate, still don't know what they're going to do. Exactly. And that's fine. But I say this. During the four years that I attended, I did everything under the sun to test what I felt was passionate or not having an idea about it. Example, freshman year that summer after I finished, I had an accounting internship. I knew I wanted to be in business, but I didn't know what niche, accounting, finances, management, marketing. I didn't know. I did an accounting internship. By the end of it, I hated it. So I was like, all right, cool. <laughs> off the list. But simultaneously, and I think this is how you guys, you know, we could relate here. I worked at a retail store. I worked at All Saints. And I, you know, the retail aspect, I enjoyed. I loved the human interaction. So mm-hmm. I was like, all right, I'm on to something. Is it retail? Is it corporate retail? You know, I wasn't sure. So then the following summer, I had a good friend of mine. Her father owned a car dealership and I got into the finance side of things. I don't want to do finance, but the consistent thing there was a human interaction. I was like, I love being able to talk to people. So I was like, okay, that junior summer, I had a commercial real estate um, internship in New York city on 42nd and 5th, big name. I had NYU people there, Columbia people there. And then there was me, this uh, Hispanic kid from Miami who went to a private Catholic college that had less than (laughs) 5,000 people. And the name, the hype was real. My family loved it. I hated it. I, I loved the people there. They, they treated me so well. I got in because of the, my uncle's, uh, at the time, my aunt's boyfriend was really good friends with the CEO. And he was great. And they were very accustomed. They were helping me. 
But the truth was I was waking up in that feeling of like not wanting to get up. I went through that sitting on the train and praying when it would be over before I even got there. I did that. And two weeks into that summer, I quit. Like I literally just woke up. I went in and I went straight to the CEO's office. You know, he's, you know, how we got connected. So I was like, Hey, this is what I'm gonna do. He's like, what are you going to do? And I was like, oh, I have something lined up in Miami. I had nothing lined up. I packed my bags. I went down to Miami and my parents, uh, my grandmother, and my dad were like, what are you doing? I'm like, I don't know. And they were obviously frustrated, furious. Um, that was another life lesson of not, don't ever cut off a bridge without having an extended arm to something else. Yeah. Um, because what happens is the people around you that love you and care for you, they're going to want to know what you're up to next. Yeah. And by saying, I don't know is equivalent to them thinking you're quitting or you don't care. When that's not the reality, it's not that I didn't care. It's just that I didn't have anything lined up. And that was not the smartest thing to do. But a blessing in disguise happened. One of my friends on Facebook posted this Gatorade video. It's him posing and like doing this cool 30-second clip. I'm like, dude, I reached out to him. I was like, what is this about? And he tells me it was a Gatorade marketing internship that they would tour the East Coast. That it was closed and it was done. But um, if anything happens or if anything opens up, he would reach out. And at that, you know, most nine out of 10 times you hear that and you tell yourself, this guy's not going to call me <laughs> long behold, uh, a couple weeks pass. And he gives me a call. I say, Hey man, you know, one of our managers dropped. Um, I told Gatorade about you, you know, told him about everything that you're doing. They're in love. Send me your resume. You don't need to do a video. You just got to jump on this phone call. I was like, cool. When he goes right now, <laughs> Great. <laughs> they give him my number less than 10 minutes. They call me, they walk me through this thing. They hire me. That ended up being essentially one of the pivotal points that I believe that changed my trajectory of where I was going. Mm -hmm. And I toured the East Coast, went to Miami, stopped in every major, every major high school throughout Florida to educate high school students on the importance of hydration. We weren't showing this to any kids. We were showing this to top prospects. Like they were going to be pros in less than five years or wow. even sooner. That's crazy. And through that, we had to create marketing reports. And my friend would give me a camera with the settings already done, take pictures, you know, that we presented to the marketing board for them to see it, of, you know, the feedback of what was going on from the kids. And I took a couple photos and I was like, man, this is, it was cool. So I had that aha moment. I'm like, that's dope. Like I took that photo and I was able to witness something that I enjoyed. And throughout the whole process, I was getting paid well. I was having fun. I was like, that was it. I was like, this is it. I was looking into corporate Gatorade. I was like, I don't want to do anything else. I just want to do this. It's so much fun. And then long behold, I go back and it's over. And I had a family friend of mine who had a professional drone company for commercial, like, you know, hotels and he, has, he works with massive, you know, he just did the Miami Heat intro this year. He, oh, big, dude, big companies. Sick. And I reached out to him. I said, hey, I saw on your team you have this photographer and I admired his work on Instagram. And I said, I would love to shadow him. Can I spend a day with him? He said, yeah, of course. I instantly came back to Miami when this was done and I spent the day with him. And by the end of it, I remember he put me in the car. This is my family friend who was going to take me home. And he goes, hey, that bag in the back is yours. I said, cool. I opened it up. It's a camera. I said, Whoa. Well, I was like, I was shocked. I was like, you know, what is this? Like, who's this for? Why are you giving this to me? You know, asking all those questions. And, and he's like, Hey, this is a camera we're not using anymore, but you could have it. Wow. So That's he looked so at me and then I looked at him and he said, you could have it as long as you go out and create. So I said, awesome. Went back to school as a part of fraternity. And at the time we were only making videos, recruitment videos with Otos. So I made one with, of, Actually, I directed the whole thing, used to create the whole thing. It went off. The school loved it, you know, and then the school reaches out and they have this fundraiser that raises money for kids with cancer. 
and I end up doing the school fundraiser video that crushes, do a sorority video. Now, this is where it comes full circle, and I don't think I've ever told you guys this. This is a big, and this is another lesson uh, for those listening or watching, is you never know who's in the room and the influence it could later have in your life. I took many business courses aside from my internships. I also took accounting courses. It was was prerequisites to graduate. So you would go through the courses. And point being, one of the courses that you needed to graduate was an art or curated art class that was sculpting or modern dance at the time that was being offered. Mm -hmm. I said, hey, you know what? I'm Hispanic. I like to move. Let's do modern dance. (laughs) (laughs) I was like, let's do that. Let's see what I got in there. Love it. And then, so I, I took modern dance and that's where I met Frankie D'Agostino, who, you know, who we referred to earlier in the Ooh. podcast, who would later become a mentor of mine and essentially the person that believed in me before I believed in myself. And he watched what I was doing my senior year, that fall semester for the, the school. And he had watched me with Gator and he said, Hey man, um, I just became a nutrition specialist and there's a restaurant across the street that's healthy meal preps and uh, they're consulting with me and then they eat the food. We would love for you to run their social media. I said, of course. He said, hey, we can't pay. But you, the owner then tells me while I'm seated with Frankie and him, he says, hey, you know, this is what we need. This is what we need you to do. Um, we can't pay, but you could eat here for free. I said, what? You know, I'm living off campus. This guy just told me he just opened the gates of heaven. I was like, yeah, no. <laughs> I was like all right, how often? He's like, as often as you want. I'm like, perfect. So I had that opportunity to create content for a restaurant. And at that point, he was also opening up Transform Fitness and training. And he, this was my first ever paid gig. I'll never forget this. He paid me 100 bucks for three Instagram videos where at the time, Instagram was 15 seconds. Oh, I was so nervous <laughs> for this delivery because, one, I didn't shoot the content. He was filming the building of the gym, and he had an artist that flew in from Florida to do the art on the wall. Gotcha. He had documented all of that. And he said, hey, here are the clips. Can you make three separate videos for me, you know, as a like to pre for opening of the gym? I said, of course. The most nerve-wracking edit, I still remember being sitting in the living room of my dorm or my college apartment, finishing it, downloading and sending it to him for his feedback, and he loved it. And that essentially, I believe, is a, a true story towards Never knowing, again, referring to never knowing who's in the room or who's around you, especially when you're in college, who's in that classroom that could later then be a significant role. So little did I know when I graduated, I would then, you know, go all in on myself and spend the next 12 months in New York, which at the time I was just like, all right, I'm just going to try this. Let me be, you know, he called me the creative director for our head of marketing. He had a creative genius. That's the term he used on that. We created on my LinkedIn I was a creative genius for transform fitness. And I would then later go on this full roller coaster ride of what I meant to be, you know, I still go through it, but definitely at the beginning, completely lost with no idea of what I was doing of entrepreneurship. And then also being what I call myself today, a creative director uh, towards companies and influencers i had no idea that this kid from miami you know i moved into a basement of a house with two strangers i had never met before and scared out of my life to do this but ultimately again i'm referring to frankie because he was that person that believed in me before i believed in myself and that's another great lesson that cliche saying of surround yourself with people that challenge you or want more from you it's true I promise you the moment you do that, you'll realize that 
your energy and you'll want just as much more because you're witnessing and watching what the people around you are doing. So if you see the guy to your right doing five pushups, like, you know what, let me go for six or seven. He does seven. You're like, all right, today I'm going for 10. And so Frankie consistently did that where he was always telling me, Hey, let's do this video. Let's do that video. Let's curate content for for Snapchat. Let's curate content for this Instagram video. Let's create a series of workouts where I educate people on like how to work out. It was always something more from him. And he always did that to me to challenge me. That's so crazy. And, yeah, that, and so I, I feel like I went on like a full tangent, but ultimately, no, but that was like yeah, that, that was amazing. People that need to know. Yeah, yeah. Ultimately, you know the the, the quicker answer is to say that you know I, I started from Miami, went to New York, and then I've been on myself. And then the past four years, post graduate, um, I've been so lucky where I've been able to work with what is small businesses to later transition to athletes. Um, to later transitions to, you know, the infamous word of influencers. Yeah. <laughs> um, but what I like to call myself and I, what I like to say is that I'm the content CEO because most of my clients today are CEOs of companies. And I'm not talking about like, you know, small brands that are started oh, out of garages. Yeah. Like I'm very lucky where I have clients that are well-established, making over a hundred million. And, you know, I'm able to document them and also simultaneously um, showcase any products or services that they have or offer through the multiple companies or one company that they have that's so cool man like that's unreal that's an awesome story and i thank you for sharing that and by the way congratulations on being inducted into the hall of fame at iona which i which i saw no i wasn't inducted thank you i wasn't inducted to the whole thing i think what they i think what you're referring to is um the, they they did like a spotlight article. Thing oh, okay, that's thinking. what it was. Yeah, I yeah, thought it was a yeah, hard. Yeah. I was like, yo, Still, either way, that's insane, man. Yeah, you know, that's to, a goal. That would be cool. You know, I don't I don't think about that stuff. When I was a kid, I definitely did. Um, uh, truthfully, I just think about like just doing what I got to do, and if that stuff comes, great. Because if you chase those things, I, I remember listening to someone about it. When you chase those awards, you'll always go on the spiral piece it's something you have no control over right yeah, exactly and ultimately if you're doing what you want to do um the right things will happen so yeah. you know oh, that ever comes i'm excited for it but if not i'm okay with it because i'm so thankful for that school that school you know was everything to me and i do as much as i can to help and give back there that's awesome man um it was, it was um it was definitely a stepping stone to get to you where your success is yeah. awesome. <laughs> <laughs> Who would have thought, right? Uh, um, go ahead, Warner. Go ahead, Well, No, go ahead. Oh, so we also – so now, now we know about you. Let's move about the people who have motivated you. So we we know specifically in the fitness in the fitness space, We you mentioned right. Frankie. Um, yeah. who's a big portion of that. Do you have anybody else that, that, uh, has motivated you? Yeah. So I've been so lucky enough to, uh, brands, right. That have people or influential individuals that represent them. Um, as of late, I would say the greatest influence is my circle of influence from uh, this company, uh, founded by one of my friends, who's also the founder of Brian Mazza known as high performance lifestyle training. And what they do, it's it's essentially savages that unite every quarter. Um, you know, the first event was in New York, and the head head guy there leading the workouts where they worked out with David Goggins. Yeah. The second one, they went down to Miami. Um, you know, they they did like insane workouts with um, CrossFit, uh, four time world champion. Don't get Matt Frazier. Matt Frazier. Um, and then this last time around, this past quarter, they were down in LA and they did like this three hour Navy SEALs workout. And then they also mastermind for business. 
And so us, Brian Mazza and those group of individuals have motivated me so much. And there's a second group of community that I love and adore. Um, it's called, it's a, it's a company called Roan. Um, they're based in New York, specifically Connecticut. But what they've been able to do is create an amazing community in, in New York City. And they unite. Well, I essentially believe all the new, top New York City trainers into one room for an hour workout. And I've been so thankful enough to be a part of the company for so many big events. And I'm in that room documenting it. And I'm able to see these guys that like were absolute monsters. And when I say monsters, I'm not talking about like physically. I look at I look at things two different ways. I look at the individual and say, hey, if you're able to get your body to this point, that means you have two amazing things, dedication and disgusting work ethic. I don't care who you are, what you do to look that way. You have to have that. Right. And then the second part of it is how they are and how they interact with people. Like I pay attention to that after the workout or they're talking to other guys. What's the vibe about? Because I believe communities having that open communication to push each other and to grow. Yeah, it's cliche, but it's the truth. Yeah. And that's mm-hmm. where I believe meaningful relationships happen is when you have those conversations with people that you see aligned with that want more. And through Roan and high performance lifestyle training, I've been, you know, able to join those groups and be a part of these, you know, private WhatsApp chats or Instagram groups where, you know, they're sending each other workouts or they're talking about what they're doing next or, you know, what, how they're staying motivated. Like I have this, the Instagram group chat with HPLT, like every day I wake up and there's like, they'll send pictures of their Garmin or their Apple watch, 10 miles, 15 miles, six minute pace, 2000 meter (laughs) rows. And like, you know, less than. 10 minutes like disgusting stuff that most some people, other level stuff <laughs> yeah that that you think to yourself how but for me it motivates me exactly. and through quarantine they've done exactly that where i've always been in the fitness space, space like documenting it and i've always worked out but not to the level level of dedication and consistency i'm at right now where i'm training six days a week like disgusting you know like i'm talking about like disgusting like, yeah the the when i, I bought a bike a couple days ago and I biked 60 miles in the first three days. It was 30 miles when I got it. Second day I did 25 and the next day I did 10. And then yesterday, like a casual, like warm up. And I say this because not to talk about me, but more so for people to realize that the moment you put yourself in groups that make you feel so uncomfortable, you have to level up. Like if you don't, it's like, what are you doing? You know? So I was looking at these messages and be like, man, these guys are animals. I want to be like that. I want to run a six minute mile for 10 miles. Like I want to do that, you know? And so that's what it did for me. And I think that is the most important takeaway from that is not making it about like, Hey, like, yeah, great that these people are doing this great that they're savages. I'm never going to look like that. I'm never going to act like that. That's something that happens through consistency. You know, it's like I, I when I, I think I, I got to check my phone, but I'm pretty sure that first day when I made the commitment to really like run more, hit the gym at least three times a week, challenge myself to make myself feel so uncomfortable to do things I normally didn't do. Um, it wasn't until like the six, seven weeks in where I was like, all right, I'm starting to really see results and I'm being really hard on myself. You know, I tested my mile a couple weeks ago. And I did it in like 614, I think it was. And I was so mad at myself, like genuinely so mad at myself. And it was because I felt that I could have done more. And then I realized like I was, I had posted and people were like, dude, that's amazing. That's so good. And then I was like, all right, I need to take a few steps back. Like 
I should definitely pat myself on the back. But then I was like, again, I look at the chat and there's a guy who just crushed him on like 545. So I'm like, all right, <laughs> second, I got a lot of work to do. <laughs> you know? Um, and so, yeah, you guys, you know, I, I can just keep talking about it because it's so powerful for me. It, it really gets me. Going. I'm going to see if right now on the spot, as we're talking about this, because again, this is a chat that goes, Go for it. We would love to hear about this right now. <laughs> like full times, you know, sprints, push-ups, sit-ups of just things that, yeah, things that have you thinking on another level. Of like, what more can I do? Like, how? What more can I do to challenge myself? Let me see. Let me see. One sec. Roger, why are you looking for that? We definitely need to discuss about the bike they have because I'm really interested in one of those. <laughs> <laughs> the what? I really like your bike. That's the bike that I want. My bike, so, thanks. And, yeah. Yo, that's another great story. So I'm a huge person in manifesting, and I was trying to find a bike. All my friends have been biking around Miami, and I don't have one. And I was looking online, and brand-new bikes were taking, like, two weeks. And I'm like, yeah, that's oh, a good amount of time, but, you know, it's two weeks of not bike riding. Yeah. And mm-hmm. I was like, dude, I just started I started looking up online, couldn't find it. One day I wake up, and my friend's like, yo – my friend's friend has a bike that his dad never uses. He, he rode it twice. Um, I was like, sweet. I was like, I was willing to pay up to 200 and he goes, yeah, he'll give it to you for one thirty. Like Whoa, perfect. So literally when I went to his house <laughs> to grab the bike, I, that's when I went on the 30 mile bike ride with my friend. <laughs> Would you bike back home? <laughs> yeah. so look, I want to show you guys this. So these are like different, like these are screenshots. So those are like mile times, right? And so the first mile, 642, second mile, 654, third mile, 722. And then someone follows up and then they send, they're like, oh, I did seven miles too. And then they send that, you know oh what I mean? My. Breaking down their mile times. That's crazy, wow. man. You know what I mean? I can see like why. That, that's like the going type of stuff that, that gets me going. And then, you know, the follow up is this, like, look at this, like. Oh, they send you the oh, Apple Watch stuff. Yeah, that's like you know he did a he did ten miles at a six forty seven pace. What? Oh, <laughs> like, that's disgusting. That is like, ridiculous. Just crazy stuff. And again, this is I want yeah I want people to the takeaway and the greatest lesson here is again the the people that you put yourself around they hold such a big influence on how you think, what you do, why you do it. Um, and for me, it's like I'll wake up sometimes. Today I woke up relatively late from what I'm used to. And I'm thinking to myself, all right, like, what can I do to catch up? You know, quick 100 push-ups here. I'm going to bike ride later. You know, like, what else can I do to challenge myself, to make myself uncomfortable? Because that's when you grow, when you constantly do that. Absolutely. I think the one of the biggest things is, like, your mentality. And that's one of the biggest key things for everybody to get to that situation. And mental toughness is just as, like, important as dieting. And make sure you're you're staying healthy and stuff like that too. Hundred percent, I hundred percent agree. I always say I always say this is the strongest muscle every time is your your mental strength. Like something that you know, my brother and I. um, Not not that it's about us, but just so I can, since we're in this conversation, you know, when we struggled big time with asthma, my brother and I, and we used to. uh, A lot of people didn't think we were gonna. We played college ball. We were very uh, very lucky too. But what we did is if we were going to struggle with asthma, we picked, we had to work harder. We always had to work harder. So what we did is when we trained, we picked the hottest days. If it's 9,900 degrees, let's go outside and work. If it was the coldest day, like 20, 25 degree weather, 
let's go outside and work. It's just you have to put that work in to be able to get to where you need, especially when you know you have to put the extra work to it. And that's that's all it takes. It's just having that mental toughness of having to get and get that started, you know? Completely agree with you. When you make it harder for yourself, it's like you're you're just getting yourself ahead. Like yeah. there's no the, the the formula, you know, you hear it time and time again. Like you don't need to know everything, right? Like if CEOs of these major companies are telling you you need to work hard, then you should work hard. Mm-hmm. CEOs of these major companies are telling you they're not sleeping much. I'm not saying that not to, but the idea is that you're creating sacrifice for the thing that you want more of exactly. then you got to do it. You know, like there's no easy way around it. There's nothing that could be given to you. And here's another funny lesson. Um, we were in, I was in Vegas for this fitness expo and one of my friends was leading a workout and I had another friend behind me and there was a cone and the cone, it was, it was like, you had to do like, I think it was like 30 yard sprint and for the warm up to get it going. And one of the times I, I, I cut in front of the cone. And so what I mean is it, you lap around it. And so instead of going around it, I jumped in front of it, which is what, like two extra feet, right? Or not, not even like two steps. Mm-hmm. And when I'm done, she, she's behind me and she says to me, she's like, you cut the cone. I said, yeah, it's to warm up. She's like, you cut the cone. She's like, Rod, she's like, you have to cut other things I was like okay that's different i guess <laughs> i was like in my head in the moment in my mature side was like it's just the cone and then if you think about it it's true i decided to take the easier route by taking two less steps to then what make it easier for myself or if i would have done what i had to do to go around the cone i worked harder and what does that do? Create consistency of me not stopping. Mm-hmm. You know, there's that saying of like stopping before you hit the line. And I, I think that's so true. Is that like you start to cut little corners, the corners, the times of you cutting will start to get larger and larger. And then that's why people will catch up to you or you'll never get where you want to go. These are consider step or doing more. You'll always be ahead because that's the way you work. That's how your mentality is. That mm-hmm. You refer to, I believe in so much, your mindset. Do I wake up sometimes tired? Yes. But it kind of shift that. I'm obsessed with Tony Robbins. Tony Robbins gets me going. Oh, There's yeah. a couple of YouTube videos that I'll listen to, showering, brushing my teeth. I'll let that run in the background while I'm getting ready. And I'm like, all right, I'm ready to go. You know, create that routine. This is something that I use to get motivated. Um, do I wake up sometimes not wanting to get up? Yeah. Do I have moments where I feel exhausted? Of course. But I create a routine that gets my day going. I create, that's my consistency now. Before I didn't have that. Now I do. Like I need to do certain things before I get going. You know, like I need it because that's how I shift my mind towards our, it's work time, right? Mm -hmm. It's getting out of bed. It's knowing that the day's going. There's always going to be a demand, right? In the world that we live in, we're so connected. So there's always going to be a phone ring and email is always going to be on you know you're always going to get those text messages the social notifications are always going to go off it's how you control that to take control of what you have going on in your own life because we all have that it's just how how do you how do you take it in you know what i mean how do you find those blocks of concentration and focus how can you filter it you know exactly i understand absolutely 
So, Roger, you mentioned that you did all this, like, you do your biking, your running, and all that. And we've noticed that you do other type of training and stuff. So, we, um, what other type of training do you do? Um, so, the people that don't, that don't know about you, but we know that. What other stuff that you do fitness-wise? Yes, it's for training-wise, just because of what I love to do. Um, I have a, a deep passion for group fitness, so I was always into the HIIT workouts. Yeah. And now I'm kind of transitioning where I, I want to build muscle. So I'll do like three days of only weights where I told you guys where I'll train at DBC here down in Miami, Florida. Mm -hmm. And Monday, Wednesday, Friday. Um, and then those days, Tuesdays or Thursdays, it'll be like cardio-focused where I'll just go on runs or bike rides. Um, and truth be told, some days I, ha I have days where even Saturdays too um, where I'll do both just because I have energy. I think it was not, not yesterday, the day before. Um what I'm doing now, part of my morning routine is stretching and apps where I won't eat anything for the first 30 minutes. And I'll just head out to the balcony, lay out, stretch out and just do some quick 15 minute abs, hit a gym session for an hour. And then in the evening, because I'm lucky enough to be in Miami during this time, I'll jump on my bike and just go on a bike ride for like four or six miles. Um, yeah, and I know it's a lot, but I, I'd love it. Like aside from the <laughs> fitness, I, I just genuinely... For me, it's like, how do I keep myself happy? I love the water. I love the palm trees. So I'm lucky enough, again, to be in Miami. So I have, there's a route that I take that has that for me. And I'm finding that time where it's like, hey, I'm getting my fitness in. But most importantly, like, I'm doing something I love. Like, I love to work. I love to sweat. It's my therapy. I love it. I really, really do. And there's those days where you can't or you need to relax, of course. Um, and I do other things, but for the most part, when it comes to fitness, it's just having that consistency of like hit cardio. Um, and now what I told you of my morning abs, but there's no like recipe to it, right? Like everyone has their own thing. Um, like some, two of my friends are like big time bodybuilders. So when I go on runs, they're like, you're crazy. And that's just fine. <laughs> that's not their thing. You know, like I enjoy runs. Like I love to run. That's why I run. <laughs> I think you have the advantage of, um, living Miami because, when you have a scenic view while you're running yes. or biking, time yep. flies by and you don't even notice exactly. how many miles. Yeah, like when going. I did that 30 mile bike ride, like it's crazy talking about it, but truthfully, I didn't feel it yeah. just because I was enjoying it so much. And the weather was so nice where it's like, you're just, as you said, you're just, the scenic route makes everything so much better. Where I would say definitely in New York, it'd be a lot harder for me to accomplish. <laughs> <laughs> Listen, I've only been here for two months, and I'm telling you this right now, one of it's like a nothing like bar fight and like none. Like it's the most absolute beautiful thing working out outside, <laughs> running on the side. Yeah. So it's really awesome, man. When you come down, we'll, we'll, go, we'll go for a run. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> we will meet up with Roger too. Yeah. So, <laughs> so and I love that. Go ahead. Go ahead. No, I love so that. Like, I think that'd be awesome. <laughs> and well, you were and so that was during the quarantine, and before the quarantine, you were doing like boxing as well too, as well. Yeah, right? so I was. I'm lucky enough where I'm able to create content for this great, amazing boutique uh, fitness studio. I just say boutique; they're pretty big. They're going to be growing fast too. But yeah. <laughs> uh, it's a, it's a, it's no, it's called Grip Boxing, and it's owned by Pitbull Tony. I've been thank their family. Um, and they trusted me to help out with content. So they, the gym itself is a 50-minute workout. It has three modalities, the floor, the tread, and boxing. And so prior to quarantine, I was doing that like every day. I was addicted because it, I was able to get everything I needed, which is strength training, cardio, yeah. and my newfound passion, which was boxing. So 
that's a great if you're ever in new york highly recommend it grip boxing oh but after like seeing the video i love the environment the whole concept of like the trainer being the dj and like doing the work it's like so yeah. sick such yeah, a it, sick it, it's quite it's a, it's a true experience they spent a lot of money on the lighting and the sound system to create that experience for you where it's like pitch black and the lights coming on and you know you're hitting the bag for like you know they have six minute rounds and then you're on the floor you go around nine times so you never, you're never sitting there thinking to myself, like, when is this going to be over? <laughs> it's happening so fast and you're going through the motions. And when the trainer, they're so great with the music, you know, if you get that music going certain levels, like the BPMs, they hit you and you're like, all right, I don't want to stop. Let's keep going. Let's keep going. Exactly. You're hitting 10 on the treadmill and you're like, all right, let's incline this. And they make it so fun. And the community afterwards, because a lot of people may not know or heard of it, but afterwards they have a bar. And yeah. so they, you know, they have like mocktails, cocktails, and what? that's where the community side is so great, where you're able to sweat and then immediately you don't even have to drink, right? They do offer water and they have other things where yeah. the idea is you're hanging out with your friends. There's a lot of times, a lot of places you go to, you walk in and walk out and you're like, I don't even know who that person was. I would have yes. loved to talk to them. Mm-hmm. And they offer that experience, which right after, which has the bar, which is so cool. That's such a sick that's concept. That's yeah. such a sick concept. Good for them. I'm going to have to definitely try next time in New York. Definitely try that for sure. <laughs> yeah, man. Let me know. <laughs> um, so now that we've discussed of what you, type of workouts you, uh, you've done, let's move into the sneakers part. Um, so explain to us what kind of sneakers, uh, which should I say pair of sneakers did you, is your go-to? And is that like the first pair that you're like, hey, oh, I went into the store and just got these pair of shoes? Or was it something that was recommended? So for me, I'm all about um, how comfortable do I feel? So the brand, um, it's not significant, right? So I'm not searching for a specific brand. Um, that's just how I am just due to with, with the fitness. And my p- pair of choice has been two of lately, uh, one of one of which you're advertising right behind you, um, which I'm a big fan of, which is K-Swiss. <laughs> and more so, I would say the brand. So when you talk about, you know, now more than ever, people look into products based off who are the people that represent them. What are they showing the world? You know, how are they, you know, how, how are they delivering the marketing content? And K-Swiss for me, as of late in the past, uh, definitely in the past two years, uh, more in the past year where I've been focused to see the brand and watch it grow where they're focused on entrepreneurs. So you have a pair like Nike or let's say Adidas, and they've always had an athlete. But what shoe represents an entrepreneur? None. And K-Swiss did that. And I thought that was so cool because it's something I could relate to. I'm not six foot 10. I didn't have aspirations to go to the NBA. So to relate to a shoe brand, it was very difficult, right? And K-Swiss has done that through entrepreneurship. And they have a couple different sneakers that focus on that. And so that's one pair of shoes I kind of always have my feet. And the second pair is a traditional Nike um, like trainer shoe. Those are the ones I'm usually like walking into the gym with. Um, recently my most like favorite pair from Nike are the Nike react 55s. Okay. Mm-hmm. Super comfortable. Um, good to train with not definitely not meant for agility stuff, but more so just like, you know, walking around the gym or even like casual wear big fan of. And the shoes for K Swiss that I love are called the startups. Those are badass. They're, That's they're what, entrepreneurs. what are yeah, the yeah. new ones that ca- they came out with the zipper on the side? Those are those, those are called are, the startups. Those are fire, yeah. man! Oh my god! <laughs> yeah, like K Swiss yeah. 
is now relevant. Like it's like they've done. Yeah, yeah, and it's helped. You know, they they empowered someone who I would consider is like one of the top guys on social media, Gary Vaynerchuk. Yeah, yeah. You know, they made that collaboration with him, which is a huge risk. Like you have to think about it. No one's ever had an entrepreneur on a shoe. And the way that, you know, they've crushed that. I think they're going on like their fifth or sixth sneaker already with him. Maybe yeah, more. I, I think they're on the exact number, but they do so well with that. And they had other small collaborations, but with him being like the face towards entrepreneurship is amazing. I'm a big fan of him and what he does, his team, and lucky enough to co- know a couple people that are with him and do what they do. And the brand just aligns so much with that, which is believing in the person that, unconditional so we view the storm with corporate america right and in case which does that so the shoe it's actually crazy to have this competition right now um after this podcast i'm like storyboarding it there's a shoe the startup the one we're referring to and they have this video competition for 60 seconds to showcase why you should be the face of it so that's that's a contest yeah so you (laughs) they give you 500 dollars towards your business um, one more thing I can't remember, but the biggest thing is you'll be the face of the shoes. Technically, you'll have your own shoe. You'll be on like social website. That's so yeah, crazy. So I'm going to be actually curating and kind of do my own thing. So be on the lookout for that. Definitely. That's so cool. I also think that's pretty cool that like a lot of people just go to the store and just pick out a shoe and then go from there. But you as an entrepreneur and you based on another entrepreneur that you're big on, that led you to the shoe that you, yeah, that you ended up liking. I, I just, you want, it's similar to the, I, I keep, refer, keep keep making these athlete references because that's, as growing up, I love basketball. So it's, I was a big fan of certain players. I would look at their feet and I'm like, oh, what are they wearing? I was like, I wanted those. Or if they came out their own signature shoe because I love them as a player, I wanted to wear it. And Gary Vaynerchuk did that for me where I was like, I respect him. I love what he does. I love how he represents himself on social. Um, I wasn't at the time, and the truth is, I wasn't like adoring K Swiss. I had known of it, but I wasn't like really into it. Yeah. And I was like, hey, you know what? Like, he's really dope. You know, I'm a big fan of his. Get a pair. Then I start, you know, cultivating like like community of other like K Swiss lovers, or to go to these like entrepreneurship events. Everyone's rocking K Swiss Gary V's just because everyone loves him and he's yeah. the man. And you know, it's conversation again. I'm in the right community if I'm wearing the same shoes that other people are wearing that I want to be around. And that's what Casewise did to me, especially with the partnership with Gary. Yeah, this is this is actually one of his, which I love. Thanks to my brother for Christmas, he got me these ones. These are actually the shoe nice. pa- the shoe pals collab with Gary V. Sweet, and it, yeah. absolutely like the detail on it is insane, absolutely insane. I love it. I haven't worn them yet. I'm too afraid to wear them, but that's, that's <laughs> <a fact. laughs> Rogers. So I was looking at through your social media, and um, I also noticed you wore some APLs too. Um, yeah, actually, yeah, yeah. So actually, um, I, I was lucky enough where I create content for F45 in Nashville, Tennessee. Ooh, okay. Uh, so one of my friends, um, he has he's a partner there for. They have three locations that will be opening. Obviously, due to what's going on, they're on pause, but one is still running. And I've been flown down there twice to create content for them, and they have a huge partnership with F45. Um, so I've been able to shoot APL content due to the partnership with. Um, F45, That's which so I know cool. it's a very intense uh, place to uh, work out to. Oak Zone. <laughs> yeah, yeah. F45 is another great facility. I highly yeah. recommend to everyone and anyone. There's no mirrors. 
you could walk in, you know, become a member in one location. Everyone's doing the same exact workout throughout the globe. We started in Australia, so that makes it really fun and cool that you can stay consistent on your workout wherever you are. And most importantly, I would say is like it's such a mix of people. You'll be next to a 50-year-old, an 18-year-old, a 23-year-old, and you're all going through the same workouts, and they always have digressions or to doing what you need to do, you know? That's so cool. That's awesome. Um, and so did you – like now, do you – as you go – we're going on to the workouts, have you really like – you know, paid attention to the the type of shoe that you were getting. Was it? Um, I'm trying to figure out the best way to like say it's like, as far as knowledge wise, when as you kept on going compared to when you started and where you are now. Yeah, hundred percent. Yeah, I think that's a great question. So the idea is that I was one of those people that would go into the store and be like, "What looked cool?" Yeah. Right. Or like, what did I want that looked cool? Now I don't even care. Like, obviously that plays a factor in colors, but more so. I want to be comfortable. You know, I, I had a pair of Nikes. I'm not going to call them out, but I just got them because they were running shoes. And then I put them on and I ran with them and they weren't comfortable for me. And I went and that was a perfect example of me going for the look, not for it being comfortable. Yeah. And at the time, because of the situation, I couldn't try them on, but I was like, Hey, they look dope. And I tried them on and they weren't for running what I needed them to be. So I'm all for comfort and trying to just, you know, get through the workout. I don't want to have like blisters or have my feet hurting afterwards. So if I'm able to control that, I will. Nice. That's good to know. I just like, because a lot of people, you know, I'm always curious to see what their first initial thought is now when you first start out to when they really get into the, into the fitness. Yeah. Yeah. It definitely matters for sure. Oh, okay, you stopped. Yeah, for, yeah, froze. <laughs> <a little. laughs> Go ahead, water. No, I was also gonna mention like, was Brian Mazza like the one that influenced you to get a pair of Nikes as well too? Because I know he's kind of like a Nike athlete, right? Or um, he's big no, into Nike. No, uh, yeah, yeah, no, yeah. He, he's, I think he's, he's, he's a big fan of Nike. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I would say definitely, yeah. His, uh, his shoe selection is pretty deep. <laughs> um, you know for me i'm not i'm not one of those people i don't have like i have a good amount of shoes but I, you know i'm not looking at nike.com every day um you know if i have if i have a couple pairs that i rock with that i'm cool with and then i'm good um me personally the hype is crazy about them um but i personally love them because of how comfortable they are i own most pair of yeezys like the 350s nice i have a couple of color waves and again the hype is big with them but i always tell people like if it wasn't comfortable, I wouldn't wear it, and yeah. they're extremely comfortable, so that's why I wear them. And so I had I I had a pair. My first pair was the uh, can't remember now which ones, but when I got my first pair, I was like, damn, I need another. And I think the doves, yeah, were they? Yeah, the turtle, the and, turtle, yeah. Yeah, I think the turtle. I think so. And yeah, yeah like in 2016, it was around there. I think 2017. Yeah, 2016, but I was still in college. And I had the pair, and I was like, man, I, I wore them so much because of how comfortable they were. I was like, I need to get another pair. So I got the white ones, I got the black ones, and then I just kept going because of how comfortable they were. Oh, are you about to whip out a pair? I like yeah. <laughs> <laughs> These, uh, I need to get a pair. I need to get a pair. So I got the the 500 salts. Nice. Super comfortable. Man. Very comfortable. I need a pair. Thanks, thanks to the girlfriend for Christmas. (laughs) (laughs) All right, Uh, so we're gonna um, basically so that uh, um, you know we had a great conversation with shoes. 
we're going to start ra- wrapping this up, but we still want to just go back to a little bit about you because, you know, this, this whole thing, even though we're talking about sneakers, it's about you, uh, you today. <laughs> so we want to also know, cause uh, you've been doing content for a while now, but during the time of you being a content content creator, what is a story they can share to the listeners that you got, you know, that you were able to get this great business lesson that you can, you're able to share that with uh, with them and they can take that and, you know, uh, put that to, into their use. Apply, yeah, great question. That's a great question. The simplest and easiest answer to this is no matter what you do, uh, no matter what career path you take, you're going to fail. Knowing that is going back to one thing we referred to earlier in podcasts is your mindset. What do you do when you're back against the wall? Do you complain or do you find a solution? For me, when I first started, not that I was complaining again because I was lucky to be have a great influence in front of me, but he was so solutions-oriented, meaning when things got hard, don't think of what's going on. Think of how you could change it if you're not happy with it. Doing that time and time again your mind will shift differently because what will happen is two things. When bad things are happening to you, don't view them as why is this happening to me? Why isn't this happening to this person? This person gets everything. You start pointing fingers somewhere else. (laughs) Think of it as a blessing. Why? Because I truly believe when you go through certain hardships, it's training you for something bigger or to guide someone else through that problem. Here's a great example. I was in college and my marketing internship, I for Gatorade, I could have gotten credits for it. And I wasn't aware of that. I was not aware of that at all because of what I was doing. The criteria fit a class description. And I post doing the, you're supposed to do this before and then the school signs off on it. But I was like, I was annoyed about it. I was like, damn, that sucks. I could be saving money. Um, I could be saving time because it's a class I didn't have to take. And I, I went through the whole process of going to the dean's office. What paperwork do I need? Who signs off on it? What needs to be uh, the description of what I was doing? The site I need to go on to get online to, to go through the whole thing. Yeah. Where it gets delivered to. The deadline dates of how long from getting it to when they need it. To then accepting it. All those things that logistically you're like, that's a lot. I then went through that whole process and still got denied very annoyed yeah but ultimately it is what it is mm-hmm. a couple of weeks passed later fraternity brother of mine goes hey man i'm about to start this internship but i think i can college credits for you can you help me i sat down with him and he was able to get it done in less than 30 minutes because i told him where to go told him what paperwork he needed i told him what the deadlines were and if he didn't do it with this person it wouldn't get passed so the clear example there is don't view your hardships as as hardships to bring you down. View them as to make you stronger or to guide other people. I love what I do because I serve other people to give them a vision or a light towards what they saw in their head to bring it to light through yeah. content creation. Mm. And the same thing goes for being a person that you go through life lessons where you're like, why, why, why? Don't ask yourself why. Figure out a way to solve it. Be solutions oriented because it's prepping you for something bigger for when something like that were to happen again, you know how to tackle it or guide someone else who's going through the same thing. And for me, that's that's been the lesson time and time again. 
in the content side of things, you know, how to get a YouTube page started, you know, asking certain questions that would irritate me. I'm like, damn, why is this happening to me? My friend, when he started this page, he didn't tell me he went through this. I would Google it, YouTube it, go through this, figure it out. And then I would have the solution. Someone would approach me. I was like, I actually have the answer for it. It took me four days. I can tell you in two minutes. (laughs) So, you know, it's don't, again, don't view the problem, view the solution. And you learn for yourself, you know, I have another friend of mine who's starting her online business and I'm able to give her so much advice because I went through so much Q and a FAQs with other people, which was frustrating. Half the time I didn't know the answer. I'll say, I'll get back to you after watching many videos and Googling a bunch of stuff. I had an answer. Whereas now I'm mentally stronger and able to get through things quicker. Does that make sense? Oh, it makes so much sense. Like I, I didn't even think about it that way. It's like how people do like go through less with your hardships and you're able to do it's like it's such a simple concept and then that person never forgets you you know you be that you be that line Mm -hmm. for them you know it's the same thing with creating relationships or connecting others um you be that person for them because once you figure out one solution for you they'll they'll go back to you for again and that applies for business right if you're doing something you go above and beyond and deliver what they asked for which was their problem you give them a solution you'll be their person like that's it the it's biggest so- thing that you're accomplishing is trust at that point. Yes, so, and that's the biggest thing that goes far in life, you know? Exactly. That's so cool. Uh, so Roger, we're getting close to the end of the show, but um, if you can explain to us to end it off saying during this quarantine, how did you like benefit yourself from what you're, uh, you're trying to accomplish right now? Cause what, what Walter and I do is that, we listen to a lot of a podcast and our biggest podcast is a business of hype. And at the time right now, his name is Jeff Staple. He's a, um, he's an entrepreneur as well too. Um, he has his own business and stuff like that. And he's going back to the people that he interviewed and interview them now, what they're going through in the situation from going through their business. So what have you tried to go through to improve yourself in this situation where right. you're trying to go through? Yeah. So with what I do, it's a lot of traveling. It's a lot of events. It's a lot of group fitness. It's a lot of just people interaction. So I'm not having any of that. So what I'm doing to uh, cope with what was my income and also like social media management, um, I'm editing a bunch. So there's people, you know, I had at the time right now it's slowed down just because I was able to accomplish a bunch of projects. But two weeks ago, I had, I was helping out, um, I'm sure you guys know, like Hiba Lee, she has oh, like, yeah. I was helping yes. um, edit her oh, YouTube yeah. content. She's in Thailand. I had another friend of mine who's a motivational speaker alongside Tony Robbins named Nick Santanastaso. Oh, yeah, I think yeah. you guys know him too. He's been on the podcast with um, Andy and, you know, he's a big fan of you know everything that Andy does and um, helping out him with the program. My friend has an online fitness community. He's launching on his fitness page. So I'm like guiding him, you know, doing a little of consulting, TikTok consulting. I love that platform and what they're all about. And also simultaneously for me, it's like, how can I improve aside from my fitness is that I'm doing my own podcast like you guys through Instagram live. So I'm able to talk to people and other people could watch and listen to it. And so through all those platforms, you know, I'm keeping myself busy um, and just keep the wheels rolling. I actually just, my latest project too i collabed with uh, nico marley bob marley's grandson really he just really line called line x so i shot all the product photography for it so if you look up on their instagram most of those all those photos are mine like they're filtering through what they had before but all the new ones in the past week or so and then moving forward are all my shots that's so cool that's amazing 
Yeah. It's just crazy to like the day that we met at the gym until now. It's like a huge, like yeah. a huge, like I can't even use like it's crazy. Because he, people was there that day too. Yes. And like yes. guys yeah, are he doing her work. Like that's so crazy. That's so cool. So the last thing here is what's next for Roger? I know you have that and that you're working with uh, um, with that content, but what's... Yeah, I would say the biggest thing, I'm taking it day by day, man. Like, I, I'm here in Miami in quarantine for at least the next two weeks, and um, I'm just focused on creating content for whatever I can do, whoever I can work with. Um, you know, usually I have stuff planned out, you know, like yeah. two, three months in advance, but <laughs> uh, due to the COVID-19, this, this is not a lot of that, so I'm just taking it day by day um, and try to tackle as much as I can. You know, I told you guys my... The next folk, my next 20, 12 to ten day focus is like the passion project for K Swiss. That'd yeah. be awesome to be the face of the shoe. Looking forward. Um, so that's one thing that's kind of on my radar right now, um, and just being consistent with my fitness, uh, my podcast, and continuously like cultivating relationships with people you know that I admire, respect, and anywhere catching up. So that's that's my thing right now. That's so cool. That's awesome. Well, we wish you luck. Uh, let everybody know where they can find you, what your other yeah, platforms across are. Across all platforms, Roger M. Rojas, um, Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, YouTube. Um, this week, too, I'm going to be launching my website, so it's rogermrojas.com. So you can find me on there. If there's any way I can help you, you know, feel free to reach out. I'm more than glad to. You know, Just tell, them that you, tell me that you found me through their podcast, and I'll make sure to take care of you guys and we get something going. Thank you guys so much for having me. You guys are awesome. Thank, thank you for your time. I know you're a great to, episode. Yeah, we we had so much uh, fun. It was great to hear all these stories, talk about sneakers, and thank you for time and your time again, man. Of course, man. Thank you guys. Talk to you soon. All right, Roger. All right. Wow, what an episode! I knew it was going to be an amazing one. But we got a lot more. Having Roger on the show was an absolute game changer. It really inspired me and really made me want to elevate myself. Roger, thank you so much for all the stories and really opening up on who you are and your journey on not knowing what to do as a career to working with the most influential people in social media. I hope you guys enjoyed this epic episode of Kicking Knowledge with the content CEO himself. Roger Rojas.